0: to the Hair Radio Show. I'm Carrie Hines. Now we have a very special guest with us today from the world of T V and film and the stage, Mr. Antonio Fargas. Welcome to Hello. the Hair Radio Show.
1: Thanks. Thank you. It's good to be here with you.
0: Yes, what a pleasure to have uh, such a legendary performer. Well listen, uh Antonio, yes, we're excited. Now I want to go back let's let's go back a little bit let's start uh now where are you from i've 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 heard some different stories I said let me just ask you where where exactly where are you from tell well i my
1: my folks are from the Caribbean basically uh my uh-uh. dad was born in Puerto Rico is Puerto Rican, and my mom is Trinidad Grenadine and she was born in Cuba Because her father went there as an engineer to work on sugar mills and uh so she was born there. I had another aunt born in Panama but uh, my parents met in New York, and I was born in the Bronx in nineteen forty six and right. one of a, ended up being one of eleven children and uh and here I am at age fourteen i found <clears throat> I found theater or theater found me or artists found me I was a a young man who you know who who felt different, and i didn't know why you know there was a there was a strange interest in everything that I saw, and uh, it sort of nurtured me And until I found uh, my mom saw an ad in the newspaper from the Amsterdam News up in Harlem.
0: Oh, in um, the old, and oh, casting. the Amsterdam newspaper, wow, That's, Yeah. wow, they were, okay.
1: They were looking for a casting yes. a film, casting mm-hmm. a film called The Cool World. And uh, it was sort of a documentary-type film that was like West Side Story, set in Harlem, about uh, two gangs and uh, one guy who was a reluctant leader of a, of a gang and and how he found himself in a situation. And I played one of the, just the young men who um, who was part of the scene at the time. Um, I was up for one of the lead roles in the film, but because I was just an innocent thirteen thirteen-year-old fourteen I think it was fourteen uh fourteen year old and um but I did have the ability because I could read well I was able to interpret the interpret the script a little bit and and I gained an interest in the producers interested in me playing one of the lead roles, but they took some test shots and I ended up getting just some small almost like extra work in the film, but that was the what what gave me the desire. And the mm-hmm. encouragement to to think that I could do that, and I would be in a in a movie that would be in a theater, uh, you know, like those that, people that I went mm-hmm. to see in the movies in the in the fifties uh, and the late fifties and the sixties.
0: So that was I, that. So that found, motivation. They found me and they and they
1: and they gave me, you know, I found other people who felt the same way I felt, and they embraced me, raised me, and. Uh, and here we are talking about it 54 years later.
0: Yes. Well, uh, I want to find out. So, okay, that's terrific. Um, we, we understand when you kind of got started about 14. But how on earth did you make it from that point to Hollywood? <laughs> well, that's, guess, uh, that's a big mystery. How did it it you was do that? It was, it was sort of the
1: renaissance for black theater in New York uh-huh. in the 60s. And I was able to you know, be one of the youngsters who was who was brought into that into that scene in Greenwich Village and then also in Harlem. Uh-huh. Uh, there were a lot of programs, uh one was Har You Act program, which federal money that Lyndon Baines Johnson designated for for um you know, to keep the summers cool and give young African Americans and disadvantaged mm-hmm. youth an uh-huh. opportunity to to train in the arts and, and dance uh-huh. and theater and so i was in on that after the cool world and and then uh you know the i i went to see plays like the the blacks and uh, uh, uh some of the Mary baraka plays uh, while i was uh-huh. in high school and uh and i was cast in a play before i got out of high school when i was 17 years old um i was cast in a play called the toilet by Mary baraka who was then known as Leroy Jones, who just uh-huh. passed away recently, a pioneer in in in, in theater and socialism. Uh-huh.
0: Uh,
1: and and, uh, and while I was doing the play, I was I went and auditioned for a play by James L. Jones, not by by James Baldwin, which was t- getting ready to tour Europe. It, it was a it was playing on Broadway and they were doing a European tour, and Claudia McNeil, the great dame of the, of the theater. Was playing the lead. Who was who, who did the rolling, uh Rain Hansberry's Raising in the Sun? Played the mother, and she was going to play. I got the juvenile lead in that, and and I toured Europe. Uh, and I, my mother and dad didn't go to my graduation because uh, I had to be opening in the play in, in Vienna, Austria. And we toured all over Europe and even into somewhat into the Middle East because we played in Israel. When Israel was just a young country at the time, and uh, and I bathed in the River Jordan on my 18th birthday, traveling with wow. James James Baldwin and the company and of artists uh, that uh, ended up in in the uh, at the Edinburgh Festival in Scotland, and some some representatives of the Beatles, the Beatles manager saw the play, heard about us, and and brought us down to the West End. So I played on the West End in London. Uh, When I was 18 years old and then came back to the States and started studying and eventually uh, Robert Hooks, uh, who was a very, very promising actor from Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. who who joined Douglas Turner Ward and and Lonnie Elder III, and Mm -hmm. they started the Negro Ensemble Company, and I was one of the youngsters. First, he started a thing called the Group Theater Workshop, and I was one of the youngsters who was part of that. And uh, then it turned into the Negro Ensemble Company, and I played with a few plays there. And, and eventually, I knew that I'd have to get to have to get to Los Angeles if I wanted to be in in film. But in between that, I did a a film called um, uh, Putney Swope, and by Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr.'s father, um, Robert Downey Senior. <coughs> He did that movie, and then I did uh, Shaft, and with, Ri- Shaft, with, with Richard Roundtree. With Richard Roundtree, and eventually, I, you know, I did a then I did a film called Across 110th Street, and the guy who directed that film uh, directed the pilot for Starsky and Hutch, and so I made my uh. way out, out out to L.A. And I was doing mm-hmm. a play with Michael Schultz at the – we did a play that we did at the Negro Ensemble Company called uh, a Dream on Monkey Mountain with Roscoe Lee Brown. And oh, so yes. He was in Los Angeles. Wow. And then I came back and I said, you know what, I think I really want to be in Los Angeles. So I, I, mm-hmm. moved, out, I moved out and moved out and –
0: and Packed up and went west.
1: Packed up and went west. And then I heard mm-hmm. that the, the, producer, the director from across 110th Street – Uh, was doing a pilot for abc for aaron spelling and leonard goldberg called starsky and hutch and he wanted me to play this role of huggy bear and then the rest is history because i uh, i was cast in the film in the in the tv pilot called starsky and hutch and i played for four years and and created, you know, seems like an iconic kind of character, one of the many characters that I was able to play through through the years. And Huggy Bear Absolutely. was all over the world. Well, it mean, was syndicated in over 100 countries. So that was, wow. that was my journey to Los Angeles.
0: Well, I have to say, uh, even if you're just looking at Starsky and Hutch, uh, and it had two, uh, you know, African-American uh, co-stars, which uh, mm-hmm. even then, you know, was unusual, and yeah, I, yeah. I look back, I said, "Wow, we're really not even hardly there now," and so like we've gone to the other direction. I want to talk to you about all of that, but um, mm-hmm. I mean, you had such, you know, I, and and the gentleman who uh, I believe he's passed on, and. He was uh, in music and, and so forth. Such a great actor as well. It was a very, very, very well done show, obviously. And it's still—I watch it myself here in New York, uh, still uh, from time yeah, to time. It's, gone on. Just it's,
1: it's had a lot of still show comes on. and it's been all again syndicated all over the world. And and, and I get—I was doing a play in London, uh, no, in, mm-hmm. uh, in England. And I had to take a th- a taxi to the theater every night in this small town, and uh-huh. eight, and inevitably every one of the taxi drivers that took me was a different taxi driver, uh, never let me pay for the taxi ride because they just wanted to thank me for what I gave them, as they were growing up watching Starsky and Hutch because they had to do their Absolutely. homework, and, you know, dip their bath and be you know because television was an event. In London, in, in the UK, as well as in the States, when they only had three networks, and so anything that was on television was really groundbreaking, and certainly Starsky and Hutch had those elements of, of 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 which made young people wonder and made people intrigued by. By these characters who t- who cared about each other, and you know, one was each one was a survivor in its own right, and Huggy Bear was definitely a survivor. He used his his, his ethnic his mm-hmm. ethnic wit and uh, and survival skills because he had to survive in a hostile land of you know of of, of TV TV make believe uh, city life, and I mm-hmm. was yeah, and when I grew up in New York, I had an opportunity to to see. The Huggy Bears of the world, and see some of the characters mm-hmm. that I eventually would be, end up playing in in movies and television. So it was a great training ground for me, just growing up in in, in New York in terms of character mm-hmm. research and whatnot. And and Huggy Bear uh, was uh, was very very dear to my heart.
0: Well, you know, I want to ask you uh, about the gentleman that you co-starred on this. Uh, iconic show uh Paul Michael Glaser and uh, David Soul uh
1: what I was it like on the good with brother, Bernie Hamilton, of course yeah yeah yeah
0: yes exactly so what was it like working with these gentlemen uh and i believe you've done some things with them with michael um uh, paul michael glaser and david soul since you know some yeah. appearances and so forth but what was it like then on this uh hit show
1: well we didn't know you you never know that something is gonna we're gonna be talking about something thirty something years later. You just <laughs> it was just a job, and uh-huh. you know, and I was very very felt blessed and lucky, and you know, and and just to be working in the business and to realize that it, it's about the relationships that we created. You know, we had a friendship and a bond that went beyond what you saw in 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 the you know on the screen. Just like the, you know football players and you know teams have have relationships that go beyond what you see on sunday um but it, it and those were the things that were special those are two very guys who cared about who, who cared about carrying the weight of the of the show on their shoulders because the show was called starsky and hutch and paul michael glazer uh-huh. so carried that weight and they brought their own special brand they fought the, f- the fight every day and 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 Bernie and I joined them in that in that struggle uh-huh. for excellence and to be uh-huh. able to portray our characters with dignity and Huggy Bear was my responsibility to define uh-huh. the dignity of the character and that was almost all of the characters that I played again because I represented the hood a lot in in a, in a lot of the roles that I played so I I had to find the spine and the dignity uh and the grace and the uh, and the will to survive in these characters that mm-hmm. I played, and certainly Huggy Bear was one of those, and and it just melded very well because everybody knew their place. You know, I never wanted to aspire to be the star of the show or the usurper, or to, or think about. It. I just wanted to do the best I could with my lines when the camera mm-hmm. pointed at me, and to to help serve and and to drive the story.
0: Well, most uh, exactly, and most often that was the most uh, memorable. Um, uh, especially so for me. Um, oh, you've had some great results. Uh, I mean, uh, as you mentioned, Shaft uh, and car wash. And mm-hmm. my my favorite, just me, myself, of course, you know, you from Starsky and Hutch and all of these wonderful things that you've done. Uh, but personally, I loved, I mean, this one scene in uh, your movie career. Um, and speaking of the movies, I'm, I'm going to get you sucked suck up. Mm. I can – that scene when you come out of, I believe, the police station or the the prison or whatever, after having been, like, locked away or whatever for years, and the style's kind of changed, and you Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, touch your head and look around, and then you step down those steps with those uh, fish in your shoes. If I just even think about it, I crack them, (laughs) I swear to you. I kid you not. It it is just the funniest thing in the world to me. So, uh, you know –
1: in other, in other interviews about how uh-huh. I was sitting in front of Eddie Murphy at the premiere of the film, and he said that was the funniest <laughs> shit that he's ever seen, you know, and, you know, that's from a guy who makes a living at, at, at doing that, so I took that as as an honor, and, and it, very, it very well, that, the character of Fly Guy very well par- paralleled the character of Lindy. He talked about Car uh-huh. Wash. You know, and that one thing mm. I say, I'm more man than you'll ever be, and more woman than you'll mm. ever get. And yeah. that, <laughs> and that, and then also coming out in, in those that. shoes, in those shoes, uh, in the high, in the platform shoes, of the gold, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and him really believing that he was the, the thing, and
0: still, yes, well, that look and that, and that you gave of, as you, you,
1: looked reality.
0: Ex- oh my, yes.
1: You know, well, Antonia, I mean... It makes, it's so funny that it's almost it's really tearful because it's, it's it's the pathos of it, you know? Mm, Sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying, and those are the kind of characters that I really like to play.
0: Yes, well, it was just uh, hilarious, and I, like I said, not only do I, but so many other folks, uh, the first thing that they mention is that role, so, you know, and you've done a whole lot, and, and for everybody and each generation, everybody... That You've touched uh, There's a role or two That you know Just kind of really Resonates with us Well folks out there uh, If you've just Joined us You're listening to The Hair Radio Show I'm Carrie Hines And it's an honor To have with us today Mr. Antonio Fargas Who is uh, Just an extraordinary career We really don't have To tell you Just name a few roles Or a few movies Or a few TV shows And uh, of course You know The laughter begins Or the, the joy starts um, yeah. I also have to say, uh, you know, we're going to get into quite a few things, but I also love the role that you did. Um, couple roles, me, again, me personally, first, I have to, you know, and then I'll tell you what some of the fans of the hair radio show mentioned. But, uh, I also love the role that you did, um, on the, everybody hates Chris show. Mm. Um, I love that. I remember you were the uh, store owner there where Chris worked. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, and you played that role. Also, yeah, the tribute that uh, that not only Chris Rock gave me, but um, people like uh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith uh, uh-huh. also had me do make appearances on their TV shows because they know whose shoulders they stand on, and they, uh-huh. they were very appreciative of 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 what I did to help them, you know, get exactly. to where they were going, and so that's. That's what made that special and uh and to you know to now be playing grandfathers and fatherly types that have gone through a full circle you know and also one of the things that I, was special for me in my in my journey was was playing um angie's angie's father on all my That's
0: children. i I was just Let about to mention me. that yes uh, so. <laughs>
1: I mean, there are different milestones, and then also Mm -hmm. Pam Greer and Foxy Brown. Um, Mm -hmm. All these characters, you know, just sometimes people ask me, well, what character do you really love the the best? And it's very hard for me to do that because all these characters are like my children. They're all Mm -hmm. my children, and I can't pick one above the other. Each
0: one is a special
1: place, a special place in my heart. And, um,
0: you know, so it's good. Well, speaking of all my children... Uh that's a perfect segue um as you were just talking about now, I really like uh the character you played Angie's dad on all my children um and what was that like Debbie I Morgan. forget yes. yes, Debbie Morgan and your wife now, do you remember the person who played your wife on there, yeah. the actress she was yeah. Uh, fan- yeah, just right that was that's right, oh, my goodness, now that was a fantastic uh part for you. I, was it, I mean, it was great for us to watch, but how was it actually on the, the show well, and you got dude, a chance to interact a, with I, everybody?
1: I learned a lot, you know, watching soap opera actors up close, watching the discipline that it took for them to be good on <laughs> a consistent basis and to realize that like they were that so I had hard. I had a lot to learn, and uh, uh-huh. and I was really appreciated the time that I spent because, I mean, not everybody you know who does soaps can probably walk into you know the Broadway stage or or or, or change or change disciplines, but the discipline uh-huh. of doing that, of taking a you know you get a script and then the, you know you rehearse it in the morning and then you block it in the morning and then you do it live on you know on camera. You know, at the, you know, in the afternoon, that was uh that was, you know, very, very special. And then also playing with Darnell Williams and Debbie Morgan,
0: exactly. uh, mm-hmm. that
1: was uh, at the time of the height of, it was one of the heaviest and best watched storyline times with Angie and G
0: Right. It was actually, it was unusual because uh, it had two leading African-Americans and such a, a entangled love story. You just didn't mm-hmm. see it at that time. You barely see it now. Um, and I was, a, which, you know, I was
1: a part of keeping that, you know, in that supportive area, of being mm-hmm, part mm-hmm. of that nucleus of, of, of that. So it was just mm-hmm, another mm-hmm. another milestone, another honor, you know, that I and, and humbly, humbling that to be able to be a part of, of that of that scenario on all my children at that particular time, just after I had done uh, Starsky and Hutch, and I was, and I decided to move back east to raise my children, and uh, and when I got there, um, I was cast as uh, Les Baxter on all my children, and and I did that for two years, um, off mm-hmm. and on until they decided to ca- kill my character off, which was okay. Too Is that because, what happened? Uh, I never. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't see uh, doing it for for too long because I just had, you know, a hunger to keep doing different things and uh-huh. trying different things
0: and all that. Wow. Now, so let's talk about the industry for just a moment as well. Uh, in terms of then and now, um, it it seems like uh, we're just talking. Uh, you know, kind of alluding to the way some of the things were in terms of not having so many African American characters across the TV, uh, you know, uh, you know, across the TV sets. But when we look at television now, we see a lot of channels, but not necessarily a lot of folks um, of color. How do you feel about that, or is that how, you know, tell us how, you know, what's well, your I think, take on it?
1: I think, I think we've seen more than, uh, I just think that we've gotten a little bit, not, not Jays or used to it, but, but mm-hmm. as, as an African-American artist, uh, I mean, I, I saw that when I started, there were very few roles for for men and certainly very, Uh very less roles for women And Uh as a success, and then the more channels and the more opportunities that became available. But not only was it more opportunities for African-Americans, but there was a slot in a TV show. If they were going ethnic, it was filled by an African-American, either male or female. But as progress happened, now you have – you have to share that with the Asian, you have to share it with Hispanic and you have to share it now with uh, you know, with when I say Asian it's a many variety. I mean you have uh Chinese and you have Korean and uh-huh. you have you have and now also India you know, uh you know, from folks from, from right. India. But it's so so the pie has been divided up. That ethnic slot has been divided up which also keeps us in a in in a small in a small minority, uh, particularly because the Hispanic one is really really taking taking strength because of the buying power of the Hispanic community, and uh, you know networks and channels also cater to what pe- they feel people want to see, so it's, right. it's difficult to say we have made a lot of progress, but there's still a lot, lot more to be done, and and people have to realize that we're not just gonna be given something. We have to be good uh-huh. at it. You have to you have to study. You have to have a respect for the craft and all of that. In order in order to compete, in order to say if you do get an opportunity that you do go and knock it out of the park. I mean, there was a time when the you know, the best money makers in the business, you know, were Michael Jackson and, you know, Bill Cosby and, you know, and and uh-huh. uh in almost every discipline, and it goes across to sports entertainment as well. Is, oh we've always had to excel and achieve even go even further uh now you have samuel jackson you have uh you know Denzel washington you have you have a myriad of 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 people that uh that we can say you know can represent us and uh you know have will smith we have we have these folks, and still there's room for you know for african american sisters uh uh to to continually um opportunities where you're not just one and done, you know. How do you get Uh to the next job, you know. We've been more lucky with with, with the males, with African-American men, but to have African-American consistency, uh, to know that, you know, you can inspire a young lady to say, you know what, this is something I want to do, it was very hard for me to to tell people that you know this is something that or young men that this is something that they should do because it was so tough. It's so tough because you you never know. Like Andy Warhol said, you might only have fifteen minutes of fame, so you might get one hit record and not and not make it again. You might win American Idol and not be to get that contract and go on. You might uh, get you know Academy Award nomination, and then how do you you know. You know, what's the next script you're going to do? You're only as good as your last job sometimes. So it's a very – you really have to want this. I think if somebody really – I'm talking to young people out there. If you really want this, hopefully you don't want it to become a star because um, you'll be most likely disappointed. Someone's saying the only way I'm going to play the lottery is if I win it. Well, you know, that's more than likely (laughs) not going to happen. But you have to uh-huh. get the joy in being in the game. You know, the joy is about it's about the trying. It's about the it's about the journey, not the destination. So uh-huh. I say, enjoy the ride, and and you know, and put your you know, do the footwork, and leave the rest up to God. You know, and, and you see, and accept what happens. But if you do the best you can, that's all you can ask.
0: Well, that is the best advice. And again, folks, if you've just joined us out there, we are just talking with uh, the legendary actor, Mr. Antonio Fargas, and we're thrilled to welcome him to the radio show. Again, welcome, Antonio. Thank you. Uh, yes, absolutely. Now, I want to talk about your current project. Uh, now, tell me a little bit about this. I, I You know, I, I did a little bit of research, but uh, tell me about this. Now, it's called the New Jump Blues. Westside Jazz
1: Fest. The new jump blues. We played at the Westside Jazz Fest. We also played at the Playboy Jazz Festival uh, this last June. And we're looking to we're developing. We're a new act. You know, I've always wanted music (laughs) in my life. I I, I'm not a lyrical singer, so musicals were sort of off off the table for me. Um, But I found that uh, I found a voice and and my partner who you know helped me uh, help create the new the new jump blues uh, found a voice and a and a way that I we could satisfy our musical hunger and as well as working with two wonderful singers Ariel Watkins and and um Adrian Battle and if you check out uh YouTube or or Amazon we have an album called the new jump blues is the new jump as well as you can go on on YouTube and see some of the videos of the performances that we've done and we are I'm I'm excited about the excitement that we create when we're on stage because we look at each song as a as a play in itself and then we string together in, in a, a set that's that's dynamic that has versatility has fun and, and has a slamming band that backs us up the New Jump Blues Band, and uh, some accomplished, very, very accomplished musicians who work all the time in, in Los Angeles, who are, uh, who are a group, and uh, we just, uh, we're just looking forward to, to expressing ourselves and expressing the joy that we feel when we're on stage, and again we have an album that's available on iTunes, and uh, it's called The New Jump Blues. And we're just excited about, about. I'm excited about, you know, being um, my character in, in the New Jump Blues is called Daddy Fargus. Daddy Fargus. Daddy Fargus. And I'm sort of like, uh, some folks probably wouldn't know her, uh, uh, a singer named Louis Prima. It was Louis Prima and Keely Smith it was a, a jazzy, jazzy New Jump Blues uh, guy, and there was. Guy named Louis Jordan, and then, but more contemporary people understand that I my character is a little bit like Ike Turner in the background, mm. in the background, and then or like uh, Flavor Flav, who's up front, mm. who's just having fun. I don't carry the lyrical content of the of of, of the band, but I do I do I do I do background vocals. I do a couple of leads on on some songs but the main thing is that Daddy Fargus is is the driving force behind behind the new jump blues and and makes it happen and the and my two wonderful singers deliver that like no other
0: now how did this project how did uh, you know d- developing or working in the music aspect differ from your all of the film and television work that you've done in the past
1: well, the- Really there's no difference, you know. I always said that I love singers because each song that someone sings is like doing a, a play in itself because you you're telling a story and so I think acting lends itself to storytelling, whether it's lyrically with, with no note, with musical notes or 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 just words. There's a there's a rhythm that goes with it. So that's why I'm more of a poet a poet uh you know uh, a um uh, uh, you could almost say in a sense the early rap was built on what on what we do it's just a matter of talking mm-hmm. with style and 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 with
0: um like you know, that flair with flavor mm-hmm. and
1: flair and so it just it just was the right timing for me i mean after 30 40 50 something years to uh, to find a a way that I could express myself and and um and be on the stage and be looking out at, play, at venues like the Hollywood Bowl and the play in Playboy Jazz Festival and uh and the, and the dates that we've had already and just to see people you know cuz music always been a part of my life I mean it's just it's it's a part of every character that I play. There's a character I don't care if it's uh, Fly Guy or or, or Les Baxter uh-huh. or, or 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 Lindy and Car Wash. There's a music that goes around. I have my own score that goes on in my head when I play these characters. Uh-huh. It's also a color. Each character has a color. It has a it has a music. Uh-huh. It has a, a spiritual spine. All of those things combined is what's inside of every character. So, you know. Playing the role of Daddy Fargus in, in, in the New Jump Blues has been, uh, uh you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just say it's a whole lot of fun.
0: Oh, it sounds like it. It sounds like it. And you have some great uh, folks like you were just naming, um, Adrienne Battle and Wa- Arielle Watkins. Uh, you mentioned those names earlier. So those are folks who are also in this wonderful, wonderful show. Uh so uh, the, we can tell everybody you said, uh, to go to the New Jump Blues. Was it the New Jump Blues dot com to read about yes. it and find out uh, some other performances mm-hmm. and so forth. Yeah. We're
1: also, Wonderful. We're also, we're also on Facebook with New Jump Blues um, again, and the New Jump Blues dot com. And then you know, we also uh, again the album can be heard on iTunes and. Uh, and I guess that's also available through Amazon as well. But uh, but we're out there. We're out there. I'm proud of it, and and ready, getting ready to create new music. It's uh, another music project that we're that the New Jump Blues is going to be involved in. It's a little bit too soon to talk about. But as soon as that as soon as that gets, will you we'll let us
0: know? I certainly will. I
1: certainly will. <laughs> okay,
0: now I I have to ask you what else? Uh, what what are you planning to do next? Like uh, in a way of TV and film, are you returning uh, to the right
1: now? Right now, I'm currently. Well, you know, I had I had a lot of fun on 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 um, uh, what's the name of that that new show with um, oh. oh well, anyway, I forget that. Uh, but I mean, I've been, I've been doing guest appearances on TV shows and, and
0: mm-hmm. over, over
1: the years and um and uh, and I right now I'm currently shooting a film called Beyond Skyline. It's a sci-fi uh, sci-fi movie. We shot mm-hmm. some in Indonesia and then we'll be finishing completing our shooting in uh in Los Angeles in February and it will probably take about a year before it hits the screens um, because sometimes that's what it takes to get the film right, processed right. and getting it done and getting it uh, marketed and all of that. So look for uh, Beyond Skyline in a year. And uh, and then uh, I'm also teaching and uh, teaching young people in the summertime. I, I work here in Las Vegas, my new hometown, and... Uh, and I work as a, as a mentor and acting instructor and uh artistic director of the uh West Las Vegas Art Center and that's very rewarding and also uh, there's so many singers here in Las Vegas that uh, I'm also interested in um in there's a project I'm working on uh about the life of Carmen McRae uh, which mm-hmm. is a whole other side thing and uh and um, I'm more of a of directing that project and mentoring that project along with a fantastic, wow. fantastic singer who's the daughter of Carmen McRae. I won't say really? anything about
0: that. Yes. All right. Well, we've I'm got we've definitely to definitely got to hear more thing. about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. Well, listen. This sounds uh, just fantastic, and uh, we're just excited to, like I said, to have you part of what we're doing here at the Hair Radio Morning Show and just uh, to just support you in every which way we can. We're going to have folks to uh, definitely look you up about the new Jump Blues and look out for some of your upcoming projects. And, um, Antonio, um, just any advice that you could kind of, like, pass along? You mentioned about mentoring. What's advice that you share with them that you could share with us this morning that you tell these folks out there uh, in terms of, you know, starting or embarking their career in show business?
1: Well, I I think my my main thing is is to take chances. And I remember when, you know, when there wasn't anybody. There are some people, I, I can't say I didn't have any help or anything like that, but but again, it's just being aware of the shoulders that you stand on, and uh-huh. realizing, you know, that it's important for you, in your work, to do the same kinds of things of of you know of reaching out and help someone. Reach one, teach one. That's 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 my. I like that. Uh, and that was given that was given to me by some people that I respect, and because there's nothing really new. I mean, I'm. I'm I'm a creation of everything that that I've been given, and so um, and when I give back, uh, I try to. That's the symbol that I would like to leave people with, and uh, and to do this and to love life, you know, to love, love what you have, love what you have, and and and, you know, and don't be afraid to dream, but you have to do the work. You know, you got to do the work. You have to do the work. It's a process. Life is a process, and to you know, and to uh, you know, pay homage to the to the creator who gave you the gift and the will, and, and to dream. So that's it.
0: Well, cool. on that note, I think you said it all, Antonio Fargas. I want to thank you again for being with us on the Hair Radio Morning Show, uh, and we just want you to have continued success in- Keep bringing us those iconic characters. We love them. And uh, we wish you all the best. Okay? Thank you again.